0: Hey, everybody, I'm Joe Chicarone, and this is Built Not Born, episode number 90. Today's guest is Steve Karkari. Steve Karkari is the former head baseball coach at Widener University, where he led Widener to seven consecutive 20-win seasons, including the conference championship, and was named conference coach of the year. Steve was recently inducted in the Montgomery County Sports Writers Hall of Fame for his great coaching career. Steve then took the principles, strategies and tactics learned on the field, brought it into he and his wife's family business, the Collegeville Italian Bakery, located in Collegeville, PA, where they created one of the true great gathering places in the Philadelphia suburbs. It is not uncommon. To see Super Bowl champions, World Series champions, Hollywood stars, and Hall of Fame coaches stop in for lunch, dinner, and hang out with the customers. It's a fun conversation. I hope you enjoy. If you like what you hear, please hit that follow button or, better yet, share this episode with a friend. We got a bunch of cool interviews like this one to come. Enjoy my conversation. With former Wider University head baseball coach and co-owner of the Collegeville Italian Bakery, Steve Carcari. And remember, life is built, not born. Steve Carcari. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, buddy. Good to be here. You doing a fantastic job. I miss you, buddy.
0: Great to see you again. Been a long time. Steve. For our listeners who may not be familiar with you and your work, who are you and what do you do?
1: I'm a retired high school and college baseball coach. Now I work with my wife and co-own the Collegeville Italian Bakery.
0: Where did you grow up?
1: West Norton. I'm a West Norton boy, born and raised. I love it. I'll never forget where I come from.
0: I want to get into your coaching career. Or where I say your Hall of Fame coaching career, just nominated to the Montgomery County Coaches Hall of Fame. Amazing high school career, coaching uh, multiple high schools in the area, Kenrick and Narstown Your time at Widener University, I believe seven consecutive 20-win seasons, coach of the year of the conference. And then when you hung up your cleats uh, in 2011, you joined your wife's family's restaurant, the Collegeville Bakery. I could just speak to where I see now. One of the community places to be, it is about as famous as a spot to be seen in the Philly suburbs as there is. Not uncommon to see Super Bowl champions, World Series champions, coaches of the year, Hall of Fame coaches I'm from Gino R.E.M. of Connecticut, Charlie Manuel of the Phillies, Brandon Graham of the Eagles, Joel Embiid of the Sixers. Maria Bello, actress from Narstown that made it big in Hollywood. Everyone shows up there to have lunch, be seen, get their picture on the wall. I want to touch about all that life lessons learned. Does that sound good to you?
1: I'm ready, chick. Let's go,
0: baby. Let's go. If someone asked the 18-year-old version of Steve Carcari what he wanted to be when he grew up, what would the 18-year-old version of you say?
1: whatever I did, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to win whatever I did. Coaching, whatever I did, I wanted to be the best at. I just didn't want to get by in life. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to be happy. And right now I'm ecstatic with everything that we've done and I've done so far in my life.
0: So take us back. I find like 10 to 12 years old, a very formative time in people's lives. And the dinner table, especially growing up being Italian, is like a microcosm of your life at that moment. If you could think back to that table at 10, 12 years old, who was at the dinner table? Could you describe the scene? It's a great
1: question. I was brought up by two parents, my mom and dad. I just recently lost my dad. I learned my work ethic from my father, who I seen work, 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 try to provide for the family. But on the other case, mom was a stay-at-home mom who took care of us, did our homework, cooked, laundry, everything. The dinner table was my brother and my two sisters. And every day we ate together as a family, but these days you don't see it anymore. And if you do, one person's on a cell phone. It's not the same anymore. But that's one of the things I did cherish growing up is at the dinner table where you talked about what you did today. you talked about your future. And it's a shame that it's it's not the same anymore.
0: How about this? Baseball. I played with you back in the day. You're still the best catcher that I played with. (laughs) You're the one that I never wanted to steal on. (laughs) <laughs> and you could hit, and you are Mike Piazza back in the day before there was Mike Piazza. So you get down your baseball career. Where did coaching come in? When did you know that, A, your baseball career wasn't going to wind up in the Phillies? Because we all thought we we're going to play for the Phillies at some point. Mm-hmm. What point did you realize, I'm not going to play for the Phillies, but you know what? I want to coach, pass it on, bring other people with me. How'd that happen?
1: Well, I graduated in 88, and my phone rings. Um... Right before the baseball season, 1989, from Coach Ray Chilano, who just took over, Bishop Kenner. He knew I was a baseball rat. And what do I know? I'm 18 years old. Um, what do I know? He says, here, look, just come under my wing. Let me teach you. Let me show you. It all started there. And it was an unbelievable opportunity. He gave me such a young age and was with him for a lot of years from Kennerick. And then we both went over to Norristown together. And I'll be forever grateful that he gave me that chance. I wouldn't be where I was today without him, 23 years in coaching without him. And that's what life's about, you know, Chick, it's about opening doors, giving kids opportunities. And it's up to you what you do with those opportunities. And if you take advantage of the opportunities. And uh, he gave me a big opportunity. I took advantage of it.
0: I understand that when you first went, to coach your alma mater, Kenrick, your first one in, you thought you were a in I understand you did not get that first position. Is that fair to say?
1: You know what, Chick? That's one of the things that drives me every day to be successful. If I can track back a little bit, I was at Visitation. and Now, granted, I was, a, I was an all-star baseball player for West Norton every single year I played at West Norton. And Visitation's in West Norton Township. And I go out for the team in seventh grade and I get cut. And I'm like, you're talking about an eye opener. Like, I'm an all-star in West North, but I can't make visitation. What what what's going on here? Eighth grade. Get cut again. And I'm saying to myself, How? What what is like how is this possible? I knew I was the best at th- that school. I guess the eye the eye of the beholder didn't see that, but the final year I go to Kenrick. And I'll never forget this. Charlie Schmeichel has a sign-up day. And he introduces his coaching staff. And who do you think the JV coach is?
0: Oh, that guy. <laughs> that guy.
1: That guy. Chick, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, are you serious? So now, Chick, now I gotta go against kids from Holy Savior, St. Teresa, St. Paul, St. Eleanor's, Epiphany. I got no shot. I couldn't even make visitation. How am I how am I supposed to make this team? Right, I said it is what it is. I went out. So not only did I make the team, I started and was the captain. You tell me how that's possible. So to this day, that drives me more than anything that's ever happened in my life. And I teach my son and my daughter every day: don't let anybody ever tell you you can't do something, and and go off a single person's opinion of your talent or your ability. And that just drives me. But oh. it takes me to the question you asked about a Kennerick. So the job did open. I was at Norristown with Ray and unfortunate circumstances, you know, death of the coach Coach Thomas. And I thought
0: what a great, great, guy. Guy. I great guy. guy. I learned a lot
1: from him. Yeah. I learned a lot yeah. from him. And uh, you know Chick, we spent many years together with him. And I thought I was prepared. Yes, it was I young, yes. I thought number one, I was a graduate of the school. I did have a few years underneath my belt, not as a head coach of varsity, but I thought I would be the shoe in. I came prepared. I thought I answered the questions correctly. And then a few days later, I get a letter in the mail stating that I wasn't the choice, which was, it was disappointing, but it was what life's about. You know, I learned a lot from that. But fortunately, the position opened a year later and I was more prepared, more organized and ready for their questions. And after the interview, I got a phone call immediately after and offered me the position, which that was my dream job. I always wanted to coach there. I always wanted to be the head coach where I graduated. Right. And it was a great run. I love
0: coaching at Kenner. A couple of things. One, what's it feel like when you open that letter and you start reading it? You have no idea, like, dear Steve, and you get yeah. all excited. and then all Well, the you know start- what,
1: Chick? I, you know, I don't know. Back then, you don't know. Is it a letter saying, I got the yeah, job? I don't, you don't know. know. Yeah. You don't know. And I'm young, and I'm like, oh, wow, it's heartbreaking. And the worst part is, I give the job to a, a guy from Carroll. Like, are you serious? You know what I mean? Like, what are you thinking? I think think who that
0: was. I won't bring them up.
1: I think they learned their lesson who made that hire?
0: And I'm so optimistic. And like I think the world's conspiring to help me out. And it bites me in the ass sometimes. Don't get me wrong. Right. But like I would read that letter and like, oh, they sent me the wrong letter. They messed up. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) right I I gotta call them and tell me they sent me the wrong letter. I couldn't process not getting that. So what's the first lesson you learned there? Like, what did you learn when you when you went for something you thought you were in, your so-called dream job at that time? You did not get what life lessons you take out of that.
1: I didn't let the people that didn't vote for me keep me down. I wanted to get better and be better and show them you made the wrong choice. And fortunately, I was able to do that the following year and show them that I should have been the, the original pick. But. You know what, it Chick, it, it is what it is, but it makes me a better person today f- from that opportunity that I didn't get the position
0: right away. Yeah, it makes you better long-term, right? In the short term, it's hurtful, but it's something that drives you and propels you. Even maybe to this day, there's something pushing your back because yeah. of you remember that feeling.
1: It made me want it more. I wasn't satisfied and said, you know what? It drove my motivation more to, I'm going to get this.
0: And here's something that I think you could pass on from a player, like playing for the team a couple of years later, coaching. There's some people that are sales reps that become the sales manager or maybe a lawyer who becomes a managing partner. How did you have to adjust what you did, your mindset? What kind of lessons did you pull out of that?
1: I think the biggest thing, especially when you're coaching, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And I use that every single day to, to the way I live. And I think people are afraid to fail. I think people are afraid to learn. I think people are afraid to change. I think one of the biggest things in life and in coaching and to what I do today is being organized. And I think if anybody ever said anything about me, I think one of the biggest things I'll tell you is, boy, that guy is organized. I think you live a better life. I think I was prepared as a coach. I knew every day what I wanted to do on the field. I knew every day what I want to do here at the bakery. I think organization is one of the biggest factors in life. I
0: really yeah. do. doing some research. One of the quotes I keep seeing attributed to you in different articles writing about your coaching career and your business. This is a quote from you. You're only as good as your staff.
1: Game on. Game on. Chick, I say that every single day. I say to my employees that they're like, how do you do this? How do you do this? And I say, look around. Because Patricia and I are only good as our staff. I don't care what business you're in. I don't care what team you're coaching. It doesn't matter. You're only good as your staff. You know, we can put people in the right position to succeed, but you're only good as your, your staff. And we have a phenomenal staff here. And that's what's really driving and and driving this business is our staff.
0: When you're looking to bring people on your coaching staff, when you're at Widener or maybe bring them into your organization, your bakery now, what do you look for? What traits do you look for?
1: Can I give you a good story? Yeah, hit me. I was at Widener my first year and I get a phone call from a high school coach. Hey, I I got a player Joe Smith for you. I said, this is great. I said, wow. I don't even got a recruit. This is that easy. i got a player coming to me. I don't got to do anything about it. So fall, they allow you four weeks in the fall as a fall program. And I'll never forget it. The first fly ball hit to him, Chickie couldn't play. He broke his nose, blood all over the place. He wasn't a college player. It's like every day in life. To this day, we learn. Every day you learn in life. I hate the word, two words. I know, I know, I know. I can't stand that when I coach. I can't stand it when I'm here. If you know it, then why did you do it? But I learned a big valuable lesson is where I was very appreciative of the high school coaches reaching out, but I did the opposite. So if you called me for your player, every high school coach is selling their own player. You're Mm -hmm. selling your product. Absolutely. What I did, I called the eight opposing coaches and asked how that player was. I called the head of the umpires. What am I getting? I called the baseball beat writer. And what kind of player am I getting here? That's what I did after my first year at Winer. But I, I built a repertoire. I built a relationship with all those people. I built a relationship with all Division I coaches because at Christmas time, they would do their cuts for their season roughly around that time. And, Chick, if you swallowed your pride and you said, maybe I'm not good enough at this level. But I'm a firm believer, Chick. I don't care what college you go to, it's what you put in your education, what you get out of it. But do you swallow your pride and say, you know what? Maybe I'm not good at this level, but I could be a star at Division III mm-hmm. and play? It's a whole different ballgame. To this day, I still get parents come in and ask me my opinion. I said, well, look, I'll give you my advice. Your son or daughter, whatever sport they play, here's what I want them to do. When they're on the field, look in the dugout or look on the sidelines, and they say, well, what am I looking at? Is that where they want to be next year? What do you mean? you want to play or you want to sit on the sidelines or sit on the bench? And that doesn't guarantee you Division Three that you're going to play, but it's going to give you a better opportunity where you do have a chance to play. And you don't want to kill anybody's dreams, believe me. I don't want to sound the wrong way here, but you're going to school to get an education, but go to a place where you have an opportunity to play. I think people get caught up and I go to Florida State, I go to Arizona State, I go to LSU or whatever. That's great, but you're not playing. There's only a few select that can go right from this le- level and play right away. Go to a place where you're able to play. Have four years. Enjoy yourself. Make a lot of friendships and have a lot of memories. And I do that now, Chick, when I hire somebody. Okay. How so? you know, I'll get information from them and I call the schools because we're not going to let a 16, 17, 18-year-old ruin what we got here. Especially if it's an athlete and reach out to the coaches, like what am I getting here?
0: So you're coaching your alma mater, you're coaching a rival high school, you have a successful high school coaching career. At what point, how do you decide to move to the collegiate level? And then my understanding is doing a little research, there might have been a little stumbling block with maybe an associate's degree compared to a four year degree. Can you speak to that? Sure,
1: I, check. I loved coaching at Kenrick. That's what I, all I ever wanted. And the opportunity came, a phone call came. It was one of Dave's assistants, see if I had any inkling or any interest going to the next level. And I was shell-shocked. I had zero thoughts even, even thinking about that. And I question a lot of people. And to this day, do I regret it? I don't know if I regret it. It was an opportunity that Dave Duda gave me where I said, Dave, I don't even have an associate degree. You need a four-year degree, but you know what? This guy fought for me, man. This guy, he was a direct athletics who came to me, fought for me with the president to be his coach. Chick, I was the only guy on that floor with an associate's degree. Now, what my thinking was, and I always said it to myself, what am I doing different than any of these coaches? I'm coaching more games than any of these guys. I'm doing the same thing they're doing. So what? what what's the difference? You know what I mean? And I was part-time. And, and that's why Dave's picture is actually on our wall here. And he's on the wall for a reason, because he believed in me. He gave me an opportunity. I don't know how many people would give that opportunity to. And you know, he let me do my thing. But I remember when I sat in his office and he spoke to me about what the future was and the building a brand new field. And I told him, and I didn't want it to sound wrong, but I said, Dave, if I come, I'm coming to win. I was very sincere about that. I wasn't playing games, and I remember when I walked into the meeting, meeting the guys first time in the summer, and I told them, all due respect, I appreciate the years of service. I really do. I appreciate what you guys have done, but I'm here to win, and I'm going to win now. And I never coached in seniority. I never did. I coached on talent, which I thought was fair, because if you were a freshman, chick, and you deserve to play, you're playing. I'm here to win. Coaches are hired to be fired, and I came there to win, and I, I thought I was a fair coach, I didn't care how many years you were there. I thought it was more competitive. I uh, practice every day. I was a practice coach. If you didn't give it to me at practice, why should I reward you in the game? Was I hard? Absolutely, I was hard. I was hard. I knew I was hard, but I did it for a reason because I just didn't want these kids to realize in life just to get by. There's a win or a loss. Well, let's go win. You know, why are we just going to play? I want to win. It was a great run. Dave gave me an opportunity, and the best thing was, Chick, he let me do my thing. He didn't bother me. The only time he even spoke to me was after the year one-on-one conferences, and and just gave me his feedback, which I respected, you know. And at my whole fame speech, he was one of the main points where I wouldn't have been on that stage if it wasn't for Dave Duda Mm -hmm. for believing in me. And that's what we try to teach our kids today. If somebody opens a door for you, and I always tell these kids too, it's it's not. What you know, it's who you know and how you take advantage of the opportunity that people open doors for you. And he opened a door for me and I wouldn't be at the Hall of Fame podium if it wasn't for Dave Duda.
0: Looking back, so you're a high school coach and there's a lot of successful high school coaches. What do you think he saw, the athletic director of Widener, Dave Duda? What do you think he saw for him to fight for you so hard to get you through, even if you didn't have the right degree, but you were the right person for the job? What do you think he saw in you?
1: I don't know if I can answer that. Maybe he saw the love of the game. Maybe he saw my drive. Maybe he saw the drive, the love of the game. I was just determined. And anything I do, I I just never want to get by in life. I'm not just here to get by. I want to win at all costs. And is that the right answer? I don't know, but that's the way I live my life. I want to win.
0: I think you hit it there. In my particular role, I'm in sales and I bring people into a sales organization. And the number one thing I look for yeah, and some people laugh at it, but you call it drive. I call it energy. like you can't it's almost like speed in football. You can't teach that. I could teach your product knowledge. You could read a book a hundred times and figure out what the drug does, or you could figure out what the menu is and what the specials are. But you can't teach that energy where that Monday morning at eight a m when it's raining, you get up and get excited to go to work, right? It doesn't matter. You want
1: it or you don't. Yeah. That's
0: simple. That that desire to succeed, that yeah. energy to say, I don't care that it's raining on Thursday at three o'clock. I got one more thing to do before yeah. I go home. And I it, whatever trait you other have, that's awesome. But if it if you don't have that energy, that desire, yeah. all the other stuff is secondary. And I think that's what he saw. It's really cool. So you go from high school to college. You're a collegiate coach, wider university, great law school down there. All of a sudden, you got eight years there, seven 20-win seasons. You went coach of the year, the conference. Crazy. Tremendous success there. How did you decide it was time to move on? How did you decide your coaching career was over?
1: out. I was selfish. In 2010, when we won the championship, and I'll never forget this day, Dave had left. He took an opportunity to be assistant for Phil Martelli at St. Joe's. And we won the championship in 2010. Before I even reached out to my parents immediately after the game, I went to my cell phone and called Dave and didn't personally speak to him, uh, but basically left a message saying, Dave, I think we were right. You don't need a four-year degree to win a championship. And we just proved everybody. And, you know, it drove me to to no end. But It was a great feeling. It was it's just unbelievable feeling that we had an unbelievable team, and if you would have never thought from the beginning when we started that year to where we finished, that that team would have been a championship team, and these guys just pulled together from the beginning through the end. We go from the number one seed and get blown out in the first game, like 22 to five or whatever, and Messiah just kept running and running and running and running, and I remember at the game, I didn't blow up on the guys. I said, the best thing about this is we get to come back tomorrow. But God forbid we faced them again, they go home, we stay. We faced them again. And uh, we beat them, and they went home. So it was a great feeling. But then we were coming through the loser's bracket, so we had to beat E-Town twice, which our guys, just, you still have chills. And one of the stars, uh, my captain, was just here for dinner Sunday. And every time I see him, it brings back it brings back memories where my captain wouldn't even been a player. Unfortunately, one of our players, our starter, got kicked off by the school. So it opened a door for Tommy to play, everyday Players, our captain. He comes up, hits a monster home run. I think it was a three-run shot at West Long, which is a monster field. And you say to yourself, here's a kid who took advantage of his opportunity. He probably wouldn't even been in the game if the guy was still on our team. So not only does he hit the three-run homer to win it for us, but he also catches the final out. Awesome. And it's like, that's what it's about. Here's a kid who stayed there. You know what, Chick? He's the captain. He could have sat there and gave me bad body language, but you know what? He bought in. He accepted his role. He was ready for the moment, and God forbid he brought wine championship, and it was unbelievable.
0: That is so cool. So, how do you decide it's time to hang it up? What, what you feel? What you see? What, oh, what was the thought process?
1: So, that year when we won it, I was like, wow. We have a lot coming back. I got a lot coming in. We can do this again. We went far, but we didn't win it. But what I learned, it's not about talent. It's about who buys in your program. After 23 years, who accepts their roles, check Who's a team player? Who's not an individual? And, and not about them. It's about being a team player. Doesn't matter if you're a Friday starter, or Saturday starter, if you're a weekday starter. Doesn't matter. Driving home one day in 2011, and people don't realize, Chick, I live in Collegeville. I'm driving to Chester every day spent more money in gas than yeah. i made so it wasn't about <laughs> money you know what i mean you know i just never slept but i said to myself i didn't want to do it anymore it's crazy it just came like that it's just you know i spent 23 years check with everybody else's kids yeah even though my son doesn't play i'm i you know you can make as much money as you want but you can't make time yeah and every day at 2 o'clock, I'm out. I don't care if there's 20 people in line. I don't care if there's a full bakery full of people. I'm out. I pick them up because yep. I'm not getting that time back. Yeah. And you know what? I was fortunate. I started young, and I left young. Yep. And I, I did it my way. And that's,
0: Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. No, you can't, you, time is something that is the great equalizer. Everyone's got the same amount. And like Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Zuckerberg can't buy a minute more. You know what I mean? When the time's yeah. up, like, yeah. the time's up. Steve Jobs changed the world. He unfortunately got sick at a young age and uh, he dies. All the billions in the world can't give him another minute back. It's crazy how equalized yes. time is. So that's transfer over. So you then, what's your move? So you leave Widener. What's your next move? Where do you go?
1: Retire from the post office. Okay. So not only did I stop coaching, I stopped working at the post office.
0: And so you're uh, working at the post office and you're coaching. Correct. So I, wow. Wow. T- what I a sleep. grinder! My God. So you're just grinding. Yeah. You're not sleeping for those. No, seven I was, years. Literally, I didn't. Literally, I didn't. And it, just because it
1: was, I was driven. Driven this opportunity to prove that you know, what, I could do this, and and
0: um. That is amazing. With,
1: with great assistance and great talent on the t- team. But yeah, 2011, it was uh, my final year of coaching and final year at the post office. So, so it was funny. Both were 23 years, Chick. Wow. Both. 23. Wow. And it was for Sal Melita who gave me the opportunity when I first started because he knew how much I love coaching, put me on the early shift at the post office So allow me to free. You know, it's hard because a lot of people can't get there to practice, can't get there to coach. Yep. And he gave me that opportunity again. A guy who I, I'm forever grateful who gave me that where I was able to work and do what I love to do.
0: Do you remember yep. the last time you walked off the baseball field?
1: I do in playoff game. Yeah. Again, we went far, but we got knocked out and I knew it was time. It was bittersweet. It really was. It was but it, it was it was a great run. It was a great run. It was I'm forever grateful to have the relationships I have with plenty of players. Like I said, they come in here all the time, but it's, I think the older they get, I think they'll realize what I was trying to do with when I was mm-hmm. coaching them. Yeah. Maybe I should have maybe concentrate more on building better relationships than concentrate more on winning. But chicken at that young age, my drive was, I wanted to win at all costs Yeah. and I still do it as a business owner.
0: Did you do anything walking off the field did you grab any dirt, any last things you did one last time? I still got my jersey. Yeah.
1: Nah. Um, no, it, no, I didn't. It just eight years at Wider and eight years Dave Duda gave me to um, do what I love to do at the next level. And, you know, it, it all came down to my dad. I was really hesitant to take that job. And I remember Dave kept calling me, you know, I, I got I to gotta know, I got to know, you know, what's going on. And my dad says, "You know what? You can always coach high school, but you never know if you get an opportunity to coach at college." Yeah, true. You know, and that's what it came down to. Took it and I, and I ran with it.
0: Yeah, that's great. I Played one season at Bloomsburg University, and I, as soon as I got there, I knew I was out of my talent limit. Right from from playing Legion in high school. People throwing ninety miles an hour, curveballs falling off the table, <laughs> and I, I just knew I hit my hit my limit, dude. Division two was my limit. Anyway, did you remember- show him the crow hop though? Did you crow, show the crow hop? him the crow hop from the outfield? Absolutely, <laughs> man. You had to maximize your 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 arm, whatever it took. <laughs> so I remember I walked off the last game. It was at Litwiler Field in Bloom, and I walked over to home plate when it was all done, and I knelt for a second, I kissed home plate, and walked right off. And I mean, That's awesome. Just- you know, yeah. it's like 20 years, you know what I mean? You're playing baseball for 15 years, like, yeah. sometimes two teams a season, three teams a season, and uh, you knew it was all over, but it's so wild. So let's go. You leave the post office, you leave coaching after 23 years. Where you go? Talk about your transition into the family business.
1: So I, Patricia uh, and I talked to my wife, Patricia, who is the boss at the bakery and the boss at home. And we thought to build this business, I had to be on board full time. You know, um, and we had to take it into a different direction, Chick, because old school bakeries are, unfortunately, there's no longer a thing. We don't want the roll business or so-called tomato pie business. It's not the same. We want catering. We want parties at 10, parties at 25. That's where the direction we wanted to go. But we, we didn't have the opportunity because we'd have seating. Fortunately, Enterprise Rental Car was right next to us. And it was too small for them, but it was perfect for us. So we opened up a dining room in 2013 which is beautiful. We have like close to 80 seats in there.
0: So you buy the building next door or buy the-, the
1: building next door. Okay. It's ours. Yep. And then next to that, there was an additional building that kept changing hands. And we took a chance and that's what life's about. Taking a chance on, do we open this? Do we expand? Do we put this money into it? So the next building came and said, you know what? Let's do an old fashioned pizzeria ice cream parlor, Nutella bar, water ice, all one shot. People are like, oh, pizzeria, are you crazy? There's so many different pizzerias, why? Why not? We want to do something different. So the only thing we knew about pizza was going to eat it. We mm-hmm. didn't know. So I went away to California to learn from the best guy in the world, Tony Gemignani. And to this day, he's not only my friend, but he's a guy where I can pick up the phone and say, something's not right, Tony, what do I do? But it was a school where I, I pressed upon... That I was coming to sponge as much as I could in a week. But it wasn't just a school where he's, that's it. No, he wasn't signing his name off until you did what you were supposed to do and passed the course. But I told him I wasn't coming from Collegeville to San Francisco to just sit in a hotel room. I wanted more than the class. So at night after the class, I would go to his restaurants and just sit there and observe and watch his workers, question his workers, sponge stuff, video stuff, write stuff down and learn. Because for us to make this investment, I had to learn from the best and it's a whole different ball game from what we brought into collegeville different wow. styles of pizza yeah
0: you did mention that there's a lot of pizza out there but as an italian there's a lot of shitty pizza out there you know what i mean there's not yeah. a lot of great pizza out there and but when pizza hits right my goodness it's almost a religious experience when the pizza yeah. is on the money right yeah Time your previous career to the family business. What principles, what ideas did you bring from your coaching career into the Collegeville Bakery?
1: The biggest thing is I want to take a lot off the platter from my wife. I think a lot of it with social media, organizational leadership, and just trying to take more off of her where it's almost like coaching a team here, to be honest with you, putting people into positions to succeed, putting our business where we're able to succeed and win. I think that's a a lot to do with it where not just getting by every day, and I'm always try to be one step ahead. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, if I'm coaching a game, check. I'm worrying about the sixth and seventh, eighth inning down the line. I'm not just worrying right there. What am I going to do if it's a situation? What am I going to do if it's a tie game? What am I going to do if I win? And who am I bring it in? Who's not? Is there a defense replacement? And the same thing goes here as where we try to build our staff and our scheduling and what's a strong, mix the strong people, maybe with the inexperienced people to teach them. So there's different things. Every day that goes on, that we try to get better in life and get better at the bakery.
0: A couple things about the bakery that just stand out. One, your Facebook page. Literally, you could post a picture of a pizza, and by lunch, you have a thousand likes. Tremendous social media presence, tremendous following in the community. Sometimes you would see like an old city or say when Budokan opened, like somebody was famous in town, Jack Nicholson would go there or like Bradley Cooper would show up at Budokan. But now like you're in the suburbs of Philly in Collegeville and it is not uncommon to see Joel Embiid there. Brandon Graham, like Super Bowl champions, World Series champions, mentioned Maria Bello, like stars of Hollywood that, that grew up in Narstown, that come back the other day. Gino Ariella, Hall of Fame basketball coach, University of Connecticut. He's picked your place to bring his team for dinner. All right. It's crazy. How does that happen? Like, how does that community involvement happen?
1: You know what? Chicka? Real simple. I teach your kids every day here. I teach my son, my daughter. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. I think we live in a negative world. I think we live in a world where there's a lot of jealousy there's two things about me i can give a damn how much money you have but i care less what titles after your name Mm -hmm. i think you treat people the way you want to be treated i think we live in a better life in a better world i don't know why people think they're better than you because they have this or there's a title after their name i can care less i treat everybody the same no matter what you are what color you are how rich how poor you are doesn't matter and i think it's a life lesson where what we try to do here at the bakery is provide a community restaurant for everybody and it's basically we try to build a one-stop shop here Mm -hmm. where you know there's something for everybody here and that that's what we try to do every day
0: one of the things i think you guys just hit out of the park i'm not on social media too much but when i am on facebook i check your page just to see what your community board says the thought of the day or something great happens or maybe a community, a sadness in the community, like a tragedy, it's posted there and it sums up what the community's thinking in five or six words. Can you speak how that came about?
1: What we try to do is uplift the community. You know, Chick, when you and I grow up, we had the Norristown Times-Herald, the Daily News, the Philadelphia Inquirer. What we try to do, you, you see the negative. What about the positive? And what we try to do is nobody cares if I put on my board two pizzas and a bottle of soda for $15.99. Nobody cares. But they do care if I put on there that Perk Valley wins a 2023 pack championship. Or Springford boys win the pack championship. Acknowledging kids in the right way. Being positive. Uplifting their spirit. You show me a kid. When they see their name on that sign. It brightens their eyes. Or opens their eyes. You know, I get yeah. kids that come in. And, hey, Mr. Steve, thank you. Thank you. They run to the sign. They go underneath. They take a picture. And that's what it's about. If we can do something that simple, that easy make somebody happy, to show people that, hey, you know what? We are looking and we are seeing what they're doing. We are encouraging and recognizing them for what they did good. It's not that hard, Chick. It's not hard to be nice. It's not hard to recognize. What's wrong with recognize somebody for their success? It doesn't matter age. It doesn't matter gender. If somebody does something and we got wind of it, that's what we're about.
0: I think one of the principles you're pulling in there, this is magical in sales, and I think it's magical just in people-to-people business. You're making it about them, not you. This isn't like, yeah. look at me, look at me, look at, this is our special, this is about us. It's about them. You make it about yeah. others, you draw people towards you. Yeah. That's great, man. That's great. Tell us about your wall of fame, and I always see you post the pizzaola of the day. How'd that get started?
1: So. Th- that started, like, we, we called our bar of fame. So there's balls signed, there's bats, there's everything, pictures. What we try to do is keep their legacy at the bakery. For instance, a ceremonial first pitch. So we have a guest, could be an athlete, could be a customer, could be a movie star, could be whatever. And we call it the pizza of the day. So that's our stick. So we bring them to the wood-fired oven we brought in from Naples, Italy. And we have them posed next to the oven. We take a picture, we make them our pizza all the day. And there's pictures all over our walls with celebrities and what have you. And people say, How do you do this? How do you get all these people here? And basically, I tell them, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. But they say, well, How much money you spend? I say, I don't spend a dollar. I haven't paid for one person ever to come here. But I do give you a quick story. So there was a professional athlete who was a mile away from the bakery. He was speaking at a church service, and we reached out to his secretary and said, you know, what we do, we would love to provide lunch and be our pizza all the day and keep his legacy on the wall. And to this day, I'll never forget. She said, I love it. I love it. He's going to love it. I'll call you right back. She called me right back. He loves it. He just had one question. I'll never forget this word. He just had one question. I said, sure. How much is a stipend? I said, stipend? What do you mean stipend? I said, well, how much are you gonna pay them? Pay them? I said, me ask something. I said, I had two Hall of Famers, Tommy Sword and Bernie Pratt in this building at the same time. I had, I have Hall of Famers. I have U.S. Olympic champions, Super Bowl champions. I said, all due respect. What has your client won that he's going to charge me? And these people didn't charge me. And I said, better yet, I said, you know what? All due respect. I said, we're no longer interested in having them here because all these other players and Figures and celebrities never even asked me for a dollar, but they know the way we're going to treat them and their family when they come here.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and if I show you a text message from Dan Baker, which is the most humbling text message yeah. ever. The phil- long-term Phillies announcer, the Phillies
0: announcer yep.
1: 50 years. He's celebrated 50 years. 50 years. One of the nicest guys, what you see is what you get. One of the nicest guy, Dan did stuff for me at Kenner. And he also did stuff for me at Widener where I was celebrating. And we want to do something special for them kids that, Oh my God, I got my name announced by Dan Baker. So Dan was in the area. And, uh, hey, Dan, why don't you stop by for something to eat before you go to your event? He said, oh, absolutely. He stopped by. And of course, we put the red carpet out for a guy who'd done it for 50 years and made time for us. And uh, he sends me a text the very next day. And it's, it's unbelievable. And he said, he's been celebrated for 50 years, but nothing like how he was treated at the bakery. It was so humbling. And, but then you have somebody try to
0: ask us for money to buy him lunch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're going to buy him lunch and put him on the board. Oh, that's crazy. Celebrate okay.
1: his legacy at the bakery, which is, we're not saying we're Cooperstown. But you know what, chick? Our walls are celebrating people's legacy, celebrating their achievements in life. Yeah. And we got, we, there's mom and pop people that we're so proud to be on our wall. Like people have say to me, how do you have the owner of and Bakery on your wall? Well, why not? Here's a guy who's done it for years. Yeah. He's not my competitor. He's yeah. a guy who we're honoring, we're recognizing. Yep. And that's the world we live in. It's just so focused on me, 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 me. Yep. And I'm proud to have Dominic on our wall. It's yeah. crazy. But that story, and I'll never forget that story, but we, we've we never paid a dollar for anybody to come to the bakery.
0: That is awesome. That's a great story. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then,
1: I, got a, I got a baseball story for you, too, real quick. You're going to oh, love this. Hit me. Go ahead. I'm not sure what year it was. So a high school kid called me, said, Coach, hey, I want to come out for the team. I said, Oh, great. I said, Well, you know, tell me, you know, tell me a little bit about you. How'd you do your senior year? He said, Coach, I didn't play. And I said, I was scratching my head. I said, like, Okay, well, then how'd you do your junior year? And I didn't play either. I said, I said, all due respect. I said, unless you're a six foot five left-handed pitcher, I said, There's really not many walk-ons that make our team. I said, We do that much detail of recruiting. He said, Coach, you don't understand. I said, I don't understand. because yeah, because you don't understand. I have too good of a job. I couldn't play high school baseball. I said, what in the hell possibly you, can you do that you want to play in college? He goes, oh, I'm the bat boy for a New York Yankees. I said, well, you need to come by office right now. Come on up here. <laughs> so he came up. I'm telling you why he hooked us up with the Yankees like it was nothing, man. They, they would send us stuff like it was crazy. It was an unbelievable story. I'll never forget it. He goes, you, you don't understand. I got too good of a job. Well, what in the hell possible are you doing in high school? I'm the bat boy for a New York Yankees. Could the kid play a little bit? Now, he,
0: he was our manager. Okay. Oh, perfect. Good. good. <laughs> that's Perfect.
1: But you Everybody know what, wins there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> such a great story. Like, like what this guy's kind of trying for the team. And like, even didn't play junior year, senior year in high school. What, what are you doing? You know? It's oh, that's crazy.
0: Cool. I want to shift gears a bit to a point of the interview we call share your secrets. So our listeners get to know you a bit more as a person. Steve, looking back, all the things you're up against in your life. What's the biggest challenge you ever faced?
1: Telling me I couldn't do something. Look back and you say, you know what? You're not. Well, I was told to you basically I wasn't good enough and I wouldn't let that damper my day. I wouldn't let that. I wouldn't let one person's opinion change my, the way I was, I thought I could be. And I think that's the way you teach kids and you don't know, let one person's opinion change the way, you know, your life's going to be.
0: So, how your family? You have your business. When you need to clear your mind and recharge your body, what do you do,
1: Patricia? Tell you, chick, I don't stop. I don't stop. She'll tell you. It just keeps. She'll tell you. It just keeps going, and it does, chick. Because I'm never satisfied. If I lay low and just satisfied, you know what? Somebody's gonna get on top of us, and and I won't lay low. But to answer your question. Uh, it's real simple. OCNJ. OCNC, New Jersey. Uh, yeah. We're fortunate we were able to get away there and uh, spend a lot of family time together. It's time that they cherish. I really do. It's uh, memories yeah. of my kids and my wife. It's the only thing she ever wanted in life. And uh, it's, just, it's great. It really is.
0: OCNJ is awesome. How about what's your pizza on the boardwalk? You had to get one. What's your favorite? Wow, now you're
1: putting on a spot. Well, you know, it's funny. We just had my buddy, uh, Chuck, owner of Manco Manco. He, he he even came in here. He's on our wall.
0: Let's go.
1: That's my pick. You know, I mean, what what am I going to do? I mean, here's a guy who went out of his way to come here. I had to give him a Narstown Red Tops license. Yeah. I mean, Not manco Manco
0: coming to see you, dude. That is, oh, dude, right? much respect, dude. Much respect. Right.
1: And awesome. uh, it's a relationship I built with Chuck and I was fortunate enough that uh, one of our customers, Jason, brought him in and uh, you know, to this day, uh, my relationship with Chuck and uh, he runs a great business. And I, and I think that's what you learn from Chuck. Like you see these businesses and see how successful these businesses are and uh, he does a great job. And, but yeah, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be
0: his. I'm with you yeah. there, man. No, I'm with you. It's a piece of my childhood on the boardwalk. That's so good. How about this? COVID-19, just such a beast for restaurants and public gathering places, the Collegeville Bakery. What lessons did you learn from the COVID-19 shutdown? What'd you take away from it?
1: You know what, Chick? Everybody was in the same boat. We do not make excuses. So we could have sat there and said, okay, we're going to be shut down, feel sorry for ourselves, or what do we do? So we had a game plan. We knew we were going to be shut down from the health department. We knew there was going to be no indoor or done. So we could sit there and make excuses. Or we can say, okay, what do we do to make this work? So we knew the announcement was going to be like quarter to five. So just and I put our heads together, and patricia has a product here that just blows people away—her chicken pot pies. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, they're going to make an announcement quarter five. We're going to go on social media, make an announcement at five, and we're and she's going to do a thousand pot pies. Wow, thousand—that's crazy. That is insane, crazy. So what we try to do is draw the attention to be positive, but draw them 1,000 people to come to college or come to Collegeville. So we're trying to think, okay, what do we do? How do we make this work? Instead of sitting there complaining. So we do a drive through service once a year on Christmas Eve because that was our selling point. Wait, I can go to the bakery. I don't have to get out of my car. There is no cash exchange. I don't got to find a parking spot. I don't got to stand outside in the cold. I can go, pull up, get my stuff and get out of there with the fire police, let you in and out of the parking lot safe. So I said, okay, game on. We're going to do the drive through every day. And from that point on from COVID till now, our drive through is open every day. It's just a brand new feature we do where it's a convenience thing. So it's not like where you pull up chicken, you order it's where you pre-order and you come around and we come out and we give you your order. So Mm -hmm. that was a game changer for us. It really was.
0: Wow. You said no excuses. You basically adapt, 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 and just make it work. We did right?
1: we did so many different things, Chick. We did cake kits. We did pizza kits because everybody was home. So what do you do? So everybody's home. So, okay. We did cake kits. We did pizza kits. So families can do things. Chick, whatever you could do to find a way to, to make this successful. And that's what we did. Chick, I'm just a believer in not being negative. Finding a way. Again, somebody tells you you can't do something, or well, we found a way to do it.
0: That's great. How about this? About, as you look out to the year ahead, what's the most exciting project you guys are working on now?
1: I don't know if there is. Uh, we can't be any busy here. This place is crazy. This place is absolutely crazy. And, you know, even the police every day, like today is absolutely crazy. But I don't know. I I don't know. There, I, there, put it this way. There is no more expansion. There is no more lawyers. There is no more <laughs> architects. I can tell you that right now. It's not it's crazy but there's things that we do that was different like the Girl Scout season we'll do Girl Scout days Girl Scout Sundays Girl Scout ice cream sandwiches ice cream cakes which role of being different chick people live and run business with blinders if you fail that's how you learn in life Yep. and I'm just not afraid to fail what we do here is just something outside the
0: box and whatever it takes but not afraid to fail adapt so good a couple fun wrap-up questions we talked about a lot Steve, if you could have everyone listening take just one lesson away from everything we discussed, what would that lesson be?
1: Don't just get by in life. Just don't be satisfied. You got a life, live it to its fullest and get everything out of it. I tell my son every single day, I tell my daughter, don't just get by. And I tell these workers every day, you just want to get by in life or you want to be something. This is not your future. This is Patricia and I's future. you down the line and you're in the future. Look back and say, you know what? Now what I know, understand what he was talking about. I understand what he was saying. Don't just get by in life. Push yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't just get by. Why Why be ordinary? Why be just like everybody else? What's wrong with being different, Chick? Nothing.
0: Nothing. Nothing. How about this? Here's a fun one, Steve. If you could spend the day with anyone, alive or dead, historical figure, who would you spend the day with? My family. Yeah. That
1: simple. That simple. I'd even stutter. It's that simple. You know what, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even stutter. It's that, without a doubt.
0: Awesome. So we started this conversation talking about your dinner table back when you were 10, 12 years old. If you could go back and talk to your mom, your dad around that dinner table when you're 10, 12 years old, what would you want to tell them?
1: would like to tell both now that i wish they were both there at the hall of fame banquet me get inducted uh, and basically say you know what we did it we did it you know they know how much i love the game they know how much time i spent how much energy i had for it and the love of the game it was nice to be rewarded it would have been a lot nicer if they were there to see that happen but i know they were both looking down and uh, proud
0: uh, no doubt they were there that's so nice last question. Steve Carcari, if you had to get a quote or a saying tattooed on your body, what would that quote or motto say?
1: Players and pretenders.
0: Players and pretenders. Yeah. I
1: say it all the time, a minute to win it. Like when we were on vacation for two weeks, I don't know how many other places do this, but we took upon ourselves to mention 12 different businesses on our social media, promote their businesses on our social media, Um, encouraging them to, hey, you know what, give these guys a shot, help build their business. And that's one of our, I think, our strengths here is our social media. I give a lot of credit to my daughter, Sky, who does a fantastic job. But you know what? We're here for a reason.
0: Are you a player or a pretender? (laughs)
1: Chick, I'll let you you answer that, my brother.
0: That is a good one, man. Players or pretenders? Players and pretenders. Yeah, players and pretenders. Steve Karkari, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Congratulations on a Hall of Fame coaching career in high school and at Widener University. Congratulations what you and your wife have built there at the Collegeville Bakery. It is so impressive. If people are looking for you and what you do online, where can we find you?
1: we love you to join us, be a part of our family on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You'll see everything we do, and it'll show you, we use the slogan, we're more than a bakery. And I think when you see our social media presence, you'll see why we're more than a bakery. But i personally like to thank you, Chick, for inviting me. I'm humbled. I'm honored. There's so many other guests you could have done this with. It truly means the world to me for you to take this time to have me on your program, it means the world to me. It really does.
0: It's an honor to have you on. You've been on my list to interview for quite some time. I'm glad we finally connected. Steve, I wish you nothing but the best, man. Rock on and hope to see you at the bakery soon. Thanks for joining us, brother.
1: My man. I appreciate it, brother. I really do. Thank you.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Joe. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you could, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast listening app, or better yet, share the episode with a friend. That really goes a long way of helping the podcast grow and connecting it with a bigger audience. Thanks so much. Talk soon.